Welcome to Coffee with a Doc, hosted by Dr. Glenn Schaefer, a practicing chiropractor for over 35 years in Southwest Florida and creator of Basic Essentials Wellness. Six basic time-tested principles that when applied to your life can result in remarkable changes. Coffee with a Doc is designed to inform you, motivate you, and encourage you along your wellness journey. Health and wellness is a choice. Thanks for joining us today. Here's Dr. Schaefer. Welcome back to Coffee with the Doc. It's been a little while since I've had an opportunity to send out another podcast. In the midst of all of this uh, COVID-19 virus pandemic, it's been a little bit uh, crazy lately, but I wanted to see if I could kind of update you, maybe give you a little positive information in regarding this uh, uh, COVID-19 pandemic that we're seeing. Maybe put some of this in perspective a little bit uh, to for many of you that might be listening to this, uh, don't realize that we have been through very similar uh, pandemic infections in the past 10, 12, 15 years. Uh, most people don't realize that. The the biggest one, and and uh, maybe it's not the biggest one overall, but certainly that impacted our, our own country was the H1N1 virus, which uh, better known as the swine flu, which was really about 10 years ago exactly when it hit our country the hardest. April of 2009 to April of 2010 was the big initial year of that, like we're having right now for the COVID-19. But let me step back for a second before I give you some of the statistics on that one to talk about statistics in general and what has happened with the majority of these pandemics we have seen in the past. Initially, when they start hitting, almost every single one of them, we see very high estimates on A, the number of infections that's going to take place, and B, the number of hospitalizations, and C, the number of deaths that's going to occur. And you see that now all over the board. Uh, we see this estimate, that estimate. Oh, this group is criticizing that group because their estimate's too low, and this group's uh, criticizing that group because their estimate's too high. And you see estimates of the number of infections and the number of deaths all over the board. And this has been commonplace with with the uh, SARS, the uh, Ebola, uh, the H1N1, and many of the others. Initially, the estimates are almost in every case much, much higher than what actually takes place in terms of the number of deaths that will occur because of that pandemic infection. There's a reason for this, because in the very early stages of it, we don't have nearly as much data to start making accurate statistical analysis. In other words, the samplings of people in these different regions of the country is very small. As time goes on, we get more and more accurate data, more and more data uh, that helps us to make more accurate evaluations in terms of the total numbers of people that will be infected, the total numbers that will get sick and need hospitalization, and unfortunately, the total number that will to uh, perish and and die because of this infection. So initially, for example, in the United States, we're only testing people that have sickness and illness and are showing up at the doctor's office and at the hospitals. In some of the other countries, like Germany, for example, is testing, trying to test everyone who 
uh, in the general population that is even asymptomatic. So they're getting sick people and uh, asymptomatic patients tested, and they're finding that a percentage of people with no symptoms at all are testing positive also. In other words, they've been infected, but they don't have symptoms associated with the virus. So they have a larger sampling of both symptomatic, sick, and those that are very sick to start coming up with evaluations. Uh, I've got an email this week, and a fellow was into statistics and evaluating these types of things, and he went back to all of these past pandemic infections that the world has seen, and the same thing happened in each and every one of them. Initially, the predictions of deaths were extremely high and out of proportion to what really ended up occurring a year later when they looked at all of the all of the data. So I think you're seeing that in our country now. Um, and some of the estimates are very, very high. I don't know that that will take place. But uh, time will tell when we start to get more and more data to be able to come up with a better statistical analysis of this COVID-19. <clears throat> so that helps us a little bit in understanding all that is going on. There's a couple of other things that I want to touch on before you know I give you some of uh, the uh, kind of tips, if you will, how to stay safe uh, during this pandemic. We've heard uh, many of them already, but <clears throat> I'm going to focus on your overall immune system and how do you keep your immune system strong during any given time, but especially when it's important like this during a during an infectious time. And then I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, maybe some of the positives that I see coming out of some of the changes that we have made in our society today. When we look back, uh, for example, it was 10 years ago, we had the H1N1 virus, the swine flu. And I've been asking my patients, how many people in our country in that one year, April of 2009 to April of 2010, how many people were infected in our country, not worldwide, in the United States? No one has gotten remotely close. And I only asked people that were in their 30s, late 30s, 40s, 50s, 60-year-old. In other words, they were adults. 10 years ago and would have been listening to the news, etc. They would have had a little more grasp on it. Everyone remembers it because of the name swine flu. So, oh yeah, I remember the swine flu. And I said, well, how many people do you think were infected in our country? And I gave them the year, April of 2009 to April of 2010. Now, I don't, I'm not an expert in this. Someone asked me this question several weeks ago in trying to explain, you know, what's going on and some of the things that are happening. And I did not come remotely close to the actual number that was infected in that one year in our country. The largest total that anyone has given me over the last several weeks was 300,000 people were infected in our country in that one year. And I say, well, that's a good number. You're the highest one so far but you're not even close. So I don't know if you've come up with a figure in your brain, you know, how many were really infected, but it was 61 million people in our country, not in the 10-year total, but in that one year, April of 2009 to April of 2010. And over 13,000 people lost their life. We had almost 300,000 people that were hospitalized just that one year. So those totals might blow your mind when you say 61 million people in just our country alone. Yes, that's true. 
But initially, the totals that they thought possibly would die were much, much higher, just like they're making these estimates today in reference to the COVID-19. But I, I, I want to talk on you know, what our, our media response has been. And then at the end, I want to give you, uh, as I mentioned, some positives that I think are going to come out of all of this. And I've been a critic of our media exposure to this. And, and not so much that, hey, we, that we don't have a serious problem, because we do have a serious problem. But what is the difference? Why in the past did we not see this type of media blitz? And is it doing good to come on TV and the radio every 15 or 30 minutes and give us this ticker tape total of how many new infections in our state, our country, how many more deaths have occurred in our state and country? You know, is that doing any good whatsoever in terms of, you know, helping us move forward? There's a lot of positive things that are happening in terms of treatment and treatment protocols and medications that uh, they have found to be effective for this. And I don't hear anything about all of that. It's just the latest update, breaking news X number of new cases have occurred, and I don't think it is helpful. At the end of it all, they will say, fact, not fear. It's like, well, it is fear. When we keep hearing it over and over and over every 15 minutes, it is inciting fear. And why hasn't this occurred on any of the past world pandemics, some of which are worse than this one? And why, when we have year in and year out, other conditions, other things that are killing hundreds of thousands of Americans and individuals worldwide. Why don't we ever hear anything about these other things that in actuality are going to kill many more people than this COVID-19 infection? And I'm not saying all of this to downplay our current infection because it is a severe thing. It's a significant thing. And I'm not trying to take it lightly or having you go out and break all the rules that they're setting up. Quite the contrary. I want you to follow what your officials are telling you to do. But I always come back to the question, why don't we hear a clamor about some of these other things? For example... 130,000 people a year die from taking their medication the way their doctor has prescribed it. We see worldwide 200 million people dying from malaria each and every year. We see roughly 60,000 people a year in some way, shape, or form dying from alcohol use, tobacco use, things that are definitely killing people that are preventable, but we never hear about it. The millions of babies that are killed every year due to abortion. We don't hear anything about any of these other things. And my question is, why? Why is there such a clamor over this? And yes, it is a severe thing when we don't hear anything about any of the other things things. Let me give you a jump into some tips for your immune system. Our body is designed to fight off virus and bacteria. Did you know that? Yes. That is why some people, and they say in this COVID-19, that 80% of the people that are infected will have minimal or no symptoms related to their infection. That's right. 80% will have minimal or no symptoms. So why, for example, for the sake of discussion, might I get the infection and have minimal 
to no symptoms, yet someone else who is my age, who is in same relative health, they might get that same infection and die from it. And that's part of how their immune system reacted to this infection. So can we positively impact our immune system? Can we do things that will help our immune system fight off an infection and stay away from things that we know decrease our immune system ability to fight off infection? And the answer is yes. So let's go a few let's go through a few of these things. And really they fall right in line with the wellness program that I've put forth over the last several years. Um, the basic essentials wellness, which is functional activity, proper nutrition, proper rest, proper mental, emotional, spiritual well-being, proper structure, and purging, eliminating toxins. A lot of the rules of health, basically, and keeping yourself healthy will also keep your immune system working at its best. So let's let's step on these things and, and talk about them real quickly. Uh, staying active is the first one, another functional activity. We need to keep moving and get all the fluids and our heart pumping, get oxygenated blood to all of the different cells and, and tissues of our body, getting nutrients to all the different cells and tissues of our body. So we need to stay active. But what are we being told to do for the most part? Stay in your house. Don't go outside. You know, don't go to the park because we're closing all the parks. You know, don't go out and play pickleball. Don't go and do any of these things. Well, many of the experts are telling us that activity is important. As a matter of fact, they're saying outdoors, you're probably safer than indoors. And if you think about that, you've got the air and the wind to kind of carry things away inside of a home. All of the uh, air is kind of boxed in in there. So you are much better off being outside going for a walk, riding your bike. If your community pool is open, going to the pool. If your tennis courts or pickleball courts are open, play those particular sports. Uh, even here in Southwest Florida, they, they are keeping some of the golf courses open. Others are closing. And the reason gets in that they're closing some of these things down is because people have been breaking some of the uh, the social distancing rules and they've been gathering in close confines with other people, breaking the rules, so they close everything down to protect the many from the few who are breaking the rules. So follow these social distancing rules and go outside, ride your bike, go for a walk, go running, play pickleball, play tennis, if at all you can, and just wash your hands, wipe your hands down frequently, don't touch your face, and keep those germs away from the mucosal surfaces. That's how these bacteria and virus get into our system. It's primarily through the mucosal surfaces of our eyes, our nose, and our mouth. That's why I don't want you touching your face when you're out in public and have touched a lot of different surfaces because that's how those particular uh, viruses and bacteria can get in. So stay active is number one. Get adequate Rest is number two. Well, our immune system, to work its very best, we have to have proper rest. That's how our body rejuvenates itself. But a lot of people have been confined to their homes. Uh, they're not working at their office or their work routine. Their children are home from school, going online to do school. So their whole routine is thrown off. And consequently, they go to bed at a different time. They get up at a different time. Their sleep cycle has been disrupted as well. My advice 
devices to keep your sleep cycle exactly the same. How you typically would go to bed before, go to bed at that time, get up at the same time, so that you're getting adequate rest. Our bodies need adequate rest to stay uh, optimally healthy. That's what we want for our immune system is to stay optimally healthy. Uh, number three, eat nutritious foods. Here's another thing that is is happening. People are sitting at home on their computers and boy, many times it's in the kitchen, on the kitchen table. They have their workstation set up and guess what's surrounding them? All kinds of snack food and they're nervous and anxious about everything that's going on. So they're sitting at home in their kitchen with snack food surrounding them. What do you think they're doing? Yeah, they're snacking all day while they're sitting there and at their workstation, at their kitchen table. They're not eating the most nutritious foods. So we need to eat nutritious foods. Here's the problem with a lot of snack food and sweets. Uh, They cause an inflammatory reaction within our body. So when we look at inflammatory foods and they fall into the broad categories and not everyone experiences inflammation from all of these foods that I'm going to mention, but they are at the top of the list. We have dairy. Sweets are the big one there. Dairy and wheats are other ones on the list uh, primarily. And we look at packaged foods, you know, read the label on some of your packaged processed foods and you see a whole bunch of things on there that probably the majority of it, you can't even pronounce what they are. All of these ingredients on there that supposedly are safe for us, but they're designed to keep that product fresh for months and months on the shelf so that it won't spoil But best would be fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, lean meat, the majority of what we eat. Stay away from snack food and sweets during this time of home confinement and working from home. Because all of those things, if they do indeed create an inflammatory reaction within your body, which doesn't have to be a severe reaction, but it causes inflammation that diminishes our body's ability to fight infection. It lowers our immune response. So we need to drink plenty of water, plenty of fluids, uh, take your vitamin supplements, especially vitamin C. And we have a large bottle of vitamin C and I I probably take the max of that. It's a water-soluble vitamin. We will lose most of it. But if you do take too much, it can cause a, a few things that will occur, uh, mainly a, probably a, a, a intestinal type of issue. But uh, Take your multivitamin. Their B-complex are extremely important as well. But if you eat fresh fruit, vegetables, lean meat, uh, stay away from the sweets and the snack foods, you'll be much better off and drink plenty of fluids. Uh, Here's the next one. Be social. So if we go down the list on my basic wellness program, uh, functional activity, proper nutrition, proper rest, than mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. So this being social, we are social beings. We need other people. So here we're doing, if we took this virus out of the equation and, and we confined ourselves to our home, we didn't go out and exercise, we stayed away from other people and talking to them, and the fact that we need human touch also, you know, that's an environment for us to get sick and not be well. So here we're trying to keep our immune system up and we're doing a whole bunch of things that is designed to lower our immunity, but we need other people. And I understand social distancing, but people within your neighborhood, you can talk to them and you can check on them and you can be social with them and still be 
six feet away, by the way. Uh, And I'll tell you in a a minute some of the positive things because there's a really neat story I have for you that occurred within my own family that fit right into this being social. But here's another one. Um, You know, we have in our social networks, especially our family, maybe your siblings, your parents, your your uh, your kids, where our relationships, for one reason or another, haven't been all that great. Well, this is a great time to reach out to a friend or family member that you know your relationship isn't all that great. Maybe it needs to be mended and simply say, hey, you know, I know we've had some differences in the past. Uh, this whole thing that's going on is way bigger than that. And we need to be strong as a family or strong in our friendship. We need to get past this and heal and mend. Since we do have a little bit more time on our hands, at least many of us do, it's a great time to mend some of those fences, so to speak, fix up some of those relationships. Don't worry about making excuses or wanting apologies for this or that. Purely go and say, hey, I am sorry that I've let this get between us. And I bet 95% of those in return will say, hey, you know, uh, I agree to let's let's mend this fence. Go on your social networks uh, where you can FaceTime and talk to some of your relatives you haven't talked to in a while. Check up on them. Maybe you have some grandparents or aunts or uncles or siblings that, you know, are in that age bracket that are a little more susceptible. Check up on them. Same thing with your neighbors. Check up on them. See how they're doing. If you're going to the store, make a couple calls for some of the other folks that you know that are right near you, or maybe it's a family members. Hey, can I pick you up something, some fresh fruit, whatever it is. And if you can do it, simply do it for them you'll benefit as well as them. Uh, The next point, obviously, which we've heard out the Yazoo is wash your hands. Yeah, wash your hands. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm washing my hands more than I ever have before patients, after patients, all of this. Uh, But it's real important that we wash our hands regularly. Moving on, lower your stress level. Stress negatively impacts our immune system. That's right. It lowers our immune response. Well, boy, that's why I'm saying, hey, the news media is not helping us. They're stressing us out, bombarding us with how many people are getting sick and how many people are dying. So I don't watch the news. I get enough emails that update me on all of this, but I purposely don't watch a lot of the news. I keep up on it as much as I want to, but uh, that's not a whole lot. I know people are getting sick. I want to try to teach people how to stay well through all of this. So we need to lower our stress level. A lot of people are turning to prayer. Great thing, boy. God is in control of all of this. My parents, who uh, have a uh, Wednesday night Bible study at their uh, previous church, uh, which had maybe a couple hundred people attending that Bible study on Wednesday nights, uh, now have online 1,200 people watching each and every week, where they only had 200 attending it. They now have 1,200 watching it. So people are tuning in to worship services, uh, Bible studies online. And this is a great thing, I think, through all of this. But take some time in prayer. Take some time in meditation. Take this time to reassess a lot of the things that you're doing in your life and what's really important and what's not important. Also, you can utilize some essential oils. Uh, Chiropractic care is also a lot of research on chiropractic care, helping to keep your immune system at its best. 
Chiropractic care works on the spine. It helps eliminate and alleviate and decrease nerve interference. Nerve system of our body is what controls our immune system. So it's real important. And again, as I mentioned, some essential oils that are shown to help lift and support our immune system, fight off bacteria and virus, which is what we're trying to do. So let me tell you a couple of positives that I think coming out of this whole thing, you know, that while we hear negative, 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 if you turn on the news or any kind of media, it's negative, negative, negative. And I don't think that that's all that great for us. But I'm in the process of uh, writing a book now. Uh, It's on the basic wellness program that I've kind of alluded to many times here on this podcast, but I'm putting it in the context of addressing it to younger families, families that have kids at home, for example, and I'm trying to gear this book towards the moms. Well, one of the things that I've preached about over the years is our pace of life. In other words, we have this hectic pace of life. And I think this contributes to a lot of problems within the family, a lot of stress-related problems, and this fits into that number four category, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. The pace of our life contributes to a lot of our stress. So here I am, and I'm writing this book, and I'm writing the chapter on uh, mental, emotional, spiritual well-being, and actually, while I mentioned it as point number four, it's really in the book point number one, because I think it's the foundation to all of this. I'm not even done with the chapter, and I'm talking about our pace of life and how it contributes to so many problems, and almost instantly, our entire country, the pace of our life has slowed down. We're not going out to eat. All of the extracurricular activities have been eliminated. School has been eliminated in terms of going to school, and people are staying home and working from home. So here they are. All of these families are stuck at home with their kids, and they're having to come up with some creative ways to have fun and interact with each other. And you have and I have seen some amazing stuff online about the unique ways and creative ways that people are are getting together as a family and having fun. Even within my own family, I mentioned a cool story. My granddaughter's uh, birthday uh, was a week ago. Uh, We got together for a small family dinner, under 10 people, of course, but it was about 6.30, and my my daughter-in-law says, oh, whoa, we got to go. And my wife and and the grandkids and and that ran out, jumped in my wife's mini car minivan and started driving around the neighborhood where on the neighborhood Facebook page, my daughter-in-law had set up a, kind of a birthday celebration for our granddaughter. A lot of her kids from school live in the same neighborhood. They all came out in their driveway at a set time and <clears throat> wished her a happy birthday. Some made just simple signs. Others went all out. They had Christmas lights out there. They threw confetti. They sang happy birthday to her. And some of these people, they didn't even know. They didn't know Lily. So it created a wonderful environment, not only for our granddaughter Lily, but for the people of the neighborhood who got to know someone else in their neighborhood. And they thought it was such a great idea that every Thursday, they're now doing birthday Thursday. So anybody in the neighborhood whose birthday it is that week, they're going to do a similar celebration for that person or persons throughout their neighborhood. So <clears throat> I think it's a great thing that some of these things that uh, that we're seeing happening now where we're, we're learning to pay attention to other people while at the same time we're, we are cognizant of our own health and that we have to keep our immune system up 
some of the precautions that we should have been taking based on we've had episodes of swine flu and other things in the past that we didn't seem to learn too well through it on how to keep our immune system up and how to try to stop some of the spread of these things. So we're going to come out of this with some positives after all of that, following some basic health rules, caring for other people, looking after other people, and coming up with some creative ways to have fun as a family and not have to run out, among other things. I think there'll be many things that will be a positive coming out of all of this. But anyway, uh, in terms of keeping your immune system up, stay active. Don't just sit at home. Get proper rest. Eat better foods. Don't snack out because you're home all the time. Be social in whatever way you can, even keeping your social distancing. Obviously, wash your hands regularly, and let's lower your stress. Uh, Pray more, meditate, get together, being social, talking to other people. I think it's the worst thing to isolate ourselves. Our mind will run rampant when we get totally isolated. Molehills become mountains, anxiety increases, and that lowers our immune response. Well, I hope this has been of some benefit to you here on Coffee with the Doc. Tune in to us again next time, and we'll have a follow-up on some of this uh, interesting information that we're now seeing taking place in our country.